Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So I, I would really like to begin a new series today, and it's entitled Because He Is. Because He Is. I just want to encourage you today to really get into the words and life of Jesus. He is the, Scripture says He is the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, if you've read your Bible, right? Or you've even heard that in a sermon. You say, I've never read that before, but I've heard that. He is the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of your faith. And as such, you need to study his life. You say, where can I study the life of Jesus? Well, let me say this. Every book in the Bible points to Jesus. If you look and God reveals it to you, I can prove it to you chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book, but every book of the Bible points to Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, it points to Jesus. There's a type and a shadow or a direct prophecy, something that spells out Jesus is coming. Now, in the New Testament, what we know is this, beginning with the book of Matthew, is that Jesus already showed up. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the life of Jesus on earth. We don't have all the details, but we have enough. We have what God gave us. Remember Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, we're responsible for what God has given us, us and our children, right? But the higher things and the hidden things that we don't know about, that's up to God. Those, those belong to God, but we're responsible for what he gave us. Someone say amen. You've been given a lot. You've been given a lot. Did you know there's people that walk around every day in the United States of America where Bibles, you can get them for free from the Gideons. You can go to the thrift store. There's a thrift store I like in town called the House of Hope, and they, they'll give you a Bible. They won't charge you. I've run across great Bibles. I like to give them away, study them, keep some, uh, compare and contrast different translations. I've always just loved Bibles. I like to give them away most of all. But you can go to the House of Hope, and they'll give you a free Bible. We got the Bible written, God's word, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for all of eternity is written here, and people still don't read it and don't know God's will and don't know God, and that's their own choice. But you have been given the special privilege. God has called you, and you've answered the call. You can read and study the life of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You get into the book of Acts, and it's the history of the Acts of the Early Apostles. That's a powerful book. But then you get into Romans, the book immediately following Acts in the New Testament, and those are the epistles. Someone say the epistles. Epistles are letters to believers. That's it. Letters to the church. You say, man, I've studied about Jesus. I need someone to explain some more about what he taught, what he lived, what he did. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle John, and Peter, and other great authors that were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and they wrote the epistles, okay? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the life and history of Jesus on the planet, what God has given us, that information, the words he spoke, the people he healed, his activities, what he did how he lived and died and rose again, powerful. And then the Acts of the Apostles, the history of the early church, and then Romans on to the end of the New Testament are the epistles. They are letters to the churches, all right? You say letters to the churches, yeah, the early churches, but also Kingsgate, Choose Life, the Assembly of God Church, the Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Methodist, anyone who would call on the name of Jesus, anyone who believes in Jesus, those are letters to the churches and the church at large, the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? That's those who believe in Jesus. They are his people. They've confessed him as their Lord and they believe. That's you. 
That's me. So study the life of Jesus. We're going to get into some of this. Why? Why is it so important? Because Jesus is everything. Scripture says Jesus has been made unto us wisdom and righteousness. Apart from him, you cannot connect with God. Jesus is everything. So learn about him. Learn from him. Study his words, his life, and his work because he is. And it's interesting because God revealed himself to Moses. Do you remember that? The burning bush? Anybody remember that story? God revealed himself to Moses as whom? The great I am. See, that's an interesting phrase to say I am. Well, in saying I am, he said, I am everything you'll ever, ever need, like that song we sang this morning, Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord your provider. El Shaddai is the God who is more than enough, the God who satisfies with long life. There's names of God, different names of God, because he's a shepherd. He's all these great things to us. He's our counselor, our advocate. He's a father, the father. You say, man, why do I need to know that? Well, God revealed himself to Moses as the great I am. And it's interesting, in the book of John, Jesus made seven I am statements about who he is. And those statements have special power and significance for your lives now, for your past that is now under the blood, and for your future. Remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, so he can deal with your past. That's under the blood once you confess your sins. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, right now. He's what you need right now, right? And he's the same forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Why do you need that? You need a God who can take care of your past and deal with that, covered in the blood of Jesus. You need a God for right now. Someone said years ago, they said, man, I don't, I don't need a pie in the sky, one lady preacher said. I said, what's a pie in the sky? A pie in the sky is folks preaching the word, saying, well, you may struggle now. You're going to be whipped now on earth. You're going to be weak and defeated, but one day you're going to heaven. No, he takes care of my past. He takes care of my now. Scripture says we are more than conquerors in him. So that's taken care of now, and then one day we'll be with him in heaven. But right now you got to realize, according to Ephesians chapter 1, you are seated in heavenly places, but your feet are still walking on this earth. You say, no, we'll have the victory in heaven. Hey, praise God, eternal victory but I'm just going to be praising him. It's going to be perfect in heaven. No more weaknesses, no more pain or crying or suffering, no more sickness. I need it now, don't you? I need to know who he is now. And that's what scripture was written for, to reprove and correct and edify and build up and speak the truth into our lives. Because he is, you can see who you are in him power and significance in his words, not only to the first century Jewish believers and the, the converts, you know, the Gentiles and everyone else who began to believe in Jesus, the non-Jews, but also to us. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 12, if you would, please. John 8, 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you have a hard copy Bible this morning, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I love the book of John. In fact, I think I signed that to someone yesterday to read. Yes, I did. Because why? You get to know who Jesus is and how, how he is the Father embodied. You get to know that the Father has great love for you and forgiveness and power. You get to learn about the Holy Spirit. The book of John is very special because it talks about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right? It's just amazing things. And it has the great I am statements that the Apostle John caught and he wrote down, and he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down and explain some things. So look at what Jesus said here, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. 
if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will what? You will have the light that leads to life. Can I read that verse again for you? Let's start from the beginning. I may read it two more times. He spoke to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will what? Have the light that leads to life. Let's do that one more time. And on the count of three, let's read it together. Let's get that word within you today. Let it fall down deep into your heart. Say this on the count of three. One, two, three. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Light's important. You know what I love about Scripture? All truth is parallel. Scripture not only has multiple layers of meaning, but all truth is parallel. So if you find a real truth in life, then you can go back to Scripture and see how there is a strong and healthy parallel. You know, things of the darkness, they don't like light, do they? They don't like light. You ever dealt with cockroaches? Cockroaches are disgusting. Let me tell you a story. Pastor Jen's not going to want me to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because I just, I say crazy stuff. I'm not real discreet all the time. But we bought a new home. And praise God, there are no cockroaches inside the house. We're not finding cockroaches in the house. But our backyard is like a jungle. There's a special sprinkler system, and it waters it all the time. How many of you know where it's wet a lot? Cockroaches love to hide out, dark and wet. Okay? So feast on that for a minute. That's disgusting. Well, we moved into our house, and praise God, the house is a blessing, man. God is our, he's more than enough. We're using our house to host. We just love to, to be blessed this way. Why? Just for us. Oh, we could say, oh, we have a blessed home. It's just great. God just gave us stuff to have stuff. No, we have stuff to share. That's not our focus. God is our focus, but it's been our dream to, to, to go to a, a new home, and we've done that. Only God could have done that. It was a miracle. Well, this new home, though, with all of its benefits and perks, once again, has a sprinkler system and has a very uh, green backyard with bushes where bugs like to hide in. And, man, I, I walked into the shop the other night. There's a shop back there. Yes, a shop. Men, men go to the house, and they go, is that what I think it is? I'm all what? They go, is that a shop? I go, yeah, it's a shop. I'm not handy, but it's a shop. So we put stuff in it. Right? It's a shop. Well, I turn on the light to the shop one night, and I look down. I'm glad I wasn't barefooted, and I counted about 10 to 12 cockroaches. And they weren't little. Some were up to two inches long. They were healthy. Mm. Man, our house is so blessed that even the cockroaches have plenty to eat back there. Disgusting. Right away, I, I told my wife, we're on a plan to wipe those out. We've had people spray for mosquitoes and other bugs. I've already done a, I, I do a home ortho defense that I got from my father-in-law, Dad Brown. He said, if you'll use that, I'll kill all kinds of bugs. I use that. So these things are starting to die. But still, after waves of persecution, <laughs> the cockroaches are there, and I've seen a lot of dead ones. But it's interesting to me. It's always been so interesting to me. Same with, you ever been in a motel like that? You turn on the light, and the cockroaches scatter. We were in a hotel one time. It was a Motel 6 because that's how we were rolling at that time. And I was sleeping on the floor just because I was on the floor. Jonathan and Lane were in a bed. Mom and Dad were in a bed. It was summer of 1992. I knew you'd know, Jonathan. It's creepy how we remember those dates. We base them around major life events. Summer of 92, we're in a motel in Fort Worth, and a cockroach ran across my face on the floor. I said, Dad, Mom, there's, there's a... 
there's bugs in here. Everybody was, I was tired and I didn't care. Most people who know me are like, mm, well, whatever. I'm a missionary at heart, so I went to sleep. But cockroaches hate the light. I do not know why except for the fact that light exposes things. Why do you think evil works are not, many evil works are not done in the day? We're always tripped out when someone goes, man, they did that in broad daylight. Usually it's at night. Some have said different parts of Hobbes have a different personality at night. People doing crazy stuff at night. Ask police officers. They got to deal with that junk. Weird stuff going on at night. Jesus is the light of the world, and because he's the light of the world, we can really see what's going on. There's no confusion, and we can see the way to salvation. Number one today, this is powerful. Because he is, there is salvation. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Dark, darkness is scattered by light. Scripture says in the book of John chapter 1 that the light shined brightly through the life of Jesus and the darkness didn't know what to do with it. One translation says the darkness could not comprehend it. I get up in our house at night or whatever and it's dark. But once I shine a light, I can see. Even if it's a little bitty light, you can see enough to get around. And some lights are brighter than others, like stadium lights. In here today, I believe there are many lights shining in the spirit. I believe if you could see in the spirit, you could see the light of your spirit man and woman in here glowing. But when we're all together, you say, man, does the light shine bright? Well, it's bright, but your light is especially bright. The light of Jesus is especially bright. The light of salvation is especially bright in the world when you're at work. When you're with maybe family who hasn't come to know Jesus yet. The light of salvation. Without light, someone say this with me after I say it, there's no hope of salvation. Someone say, without light, no hope of salvation. Can't see it. You ever talk to someone about scripture, about the Bible, or about Jesus, and it just doesn't, they just can't see it. It hadn't been revealed to them. The light has not been shined into their light, their life. They're like, what are you talking about? This life is what we have. And then we die and we go to, and they don't have a good answer for you, some people. Strange. Without light, there's no hope of salvation. Let's go to Acts 4.12, though. Look at this. Acts 4.12. I love this claim by Scripture. This is not only controversial. It is irrefutable if you really know who God is and you really, it's really been revealed to you. This is a powerful verse. One of my favorites. You're going to hear that about a lot of verses in our spiritual life together. But I love this verse. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must save, only by which we must be saved, only the name of Jesus. Do you know if you study Islam, they cannot get guarantee you eternal life. They'll talk to you. Well-meaning Muslim folks who will talk to you and say, well, we have the pillars of Islam. And if we please Allah, then, you know, um, I mean, we die, then in Allah the merciful, he may accept us into paradise. If we please, but we don't know. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, no one comes unto the Father but by me. Remember this verse, for God so loved whom? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. They wouldn't perish. They wouldn't die spiritually, but they would have eternal life. That's salvation. 
Does Buddha offer that? No, you need to look into Buddha. He had issues. He's trying to explain to you about moderation and self-control. You need to look at, at him. And you need to, you study Buddha, and they've said that there's also um, studies that say that this guy was on drugs. Just not a real enlightened master, like some would claim. How about Joseph Smith? Say, no, he was really a prophet. No, Joseph Smith was a crook. Joseph Smith did fraudulent activities. Joseph Smith is the founder of the Mormon church. I'm going to just tell you right now. I said, you're going to offend somebody. Well, you need to get in the word and, and repent if this offends you because it is God's word. Scripture says, Galatians, I believe, right? If someone else comes, even an angel from heaven and preaches a different gospel, the good news of Jesus that you've already received, let them be accursed. And guess what? Joseph Smith says he claims an angel from heaven came to him and gave him a different gospel. You can look it up. I think the angel's name, according to Joseph Smith, was Creone. Great. That, but that's not scriptural, all this stuff. Joseph Smith, I'm telling you the truth, because there's not salvation in Mormonism. There's only salvation in Jesus. There's not salvation in being Catholic or Baptist. So we hear, we say, we're non-denominational. There's salvation in that. No, there's salvation in the name of Jesus. Someone say the name of Jesus. That's it. There's there's salvation in no one else, the screen says. Look at that. That is straight out of the word of God. Every translation is going to say the same thing. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Joseph Smith, one day he decided that he was going to translate some Egyptian documents, but he'd never had any experience with Egyptian. He called it Reformed Egyptian. He made it up. Archaeologically, all of his facts in the Book of Mormon are lies. You can disprove it archaeologically. A strange new false gospel is what that is. He said, man, are you, are you downing? No, I'm not downing on the people. I'm, I'm downing on the founder of that religion, which is a lie and it's false. You got to go back to the word. Because of Jesus, when light is shined into your heart, when the glorious gospel is shined on you, it shines down on you, then you can see, oh, there's salvation in no other name, only Jesus. And did you know salvation is the ultimate gift from God? Man, being saved from hell? Wow. Has anyone in here, you don't have to raise your hands, has anyone ever in here ever known someone who's in prison for life or they're on death row? That has to be frightening. No hope. They're either in prison for life or they're going to be executed because of their crimes. We were born and placed on death row spiritually. As soon as you were born, Scripture says we were conceived in sin. You said, man, I was innocent. Up to a certain age, kids, if they pass away, they're going to go be with Jesus. I don't know what age that is, but I know kids are innocent. You say, man, well, they, kids are crazy. They're naughty. They're bad. They do crazy stuff from birth. Yeah, but they're innocent. They don't know what they're doing. So if they pass away, they go to be with Jesus. But at some point, you got to say, ah, I need to accept salvation. And the only name that provides that, the only one who provides that is Jesus. Being saved from sin and hell, man, there's nothing like that. Without light, though, remember, without light, there's only darkness. You ever studied the dark ages? The church at that time in the dark ages, they said you cannot read the Bible. They, they kept teaching the Bible in Latin and nobody understood it. Study the dark ages. Study the, the dark ages. Up to a certain point, my dad says that his grandmother said, mijo, she told dad, she said, this is, this is in the 70s, uh, sorry, in the 60s, 50s and 60s. I don't know when she passed away, dad's grandma. He was her favorite. 
dad would roll cigarettes for his grandma. What an honor, right? That's how you know you're someone's favorite. Mijo, make me a frajo. It's pretty. But dad was her favorite. But she told, you know what she told him? She said, Mijo, don't read the Bible. You'll go crazy. All the way back to the dark ages, the church at that time, they took the Bible from people and depression and darkness and wickedness and plagues and demonic attacks hit Europe. And it's called the dark ages because there was no light. There was no light. People thought they would only get light from a denomination, from a church. No, they didn't know that the only salvation is from whom? Jesus. That's it. That's it. Study the dark ages. Study history. And they said, your only way into heaven is to buy your way into heaven. No, they made that up. That is not scripture. So we see that salvation, look at this. Jesus is the light of the world, so we have salvation. And now that you have salvation, God is restoring your sight. Look at number two here. You can see all kinds of stuff once your sight has been restored. Remember Jesus Jesus healed different blind men? Everything Jesus did was for a purpose, and it was different levels and layers of truth. He healed the blind so they could have sight, but Jesus also came to heal the spiritually blind. So we could see. Did you know that you could, when you can see, you can see what? Warning signs. You can see God's blessing. You can see God's faithfulness. You can, look at this one. Scripture says you will live to see the reward of the wicked. If you're living right, you will see the wicked get rewarded. In the hood, it's funny. They glorify drug dealers, don't they? But they never last. How many of you know drug dealers who lived to be 80 or 90 and retired on a drug dealer pension? Anybody? People study, and it's fascinating. You study their lives, it's fascinating. The things they did, like Pablo Escobar or Amado Carrillo Fuentes, I think they called him the Lord of the Skies. They claim at one point Amado Carrillo Fuentes was worth hundreds of billions of dollars, more than Bill Gates at some point. Just crazy stuff. But they're nowhere to be found now, or they're in prison. You guys have heard of El Chapo? He's in prison, underground, some supermax prison facility. He said, man, he was amazing. He was a great leader. No, no. God gives you common sense. You come to Jesus, there's salvation in him. He starts to open your eyes to stuff and you go, wait, scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why would I do that stupid stuff? Guys in the hood riding around in a Mercedes and then they can't even pay rent. That doesn't even make sense, does it? And shooting at each other. That doesn't even make sense. God gives you sight. You go, that that doesn't make sense. When you have sight from the salvation found in Jesus, you see the reward of the wicked. You say, that's not going anywhere. That's a dead end. You also see God's promises. Look at Psalm 27, 13. Look at this. This is powerful. Psalm 27, 13. Look at this. I love this. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness, the psalmist says, while I am here in the land of the living. See, some people say, well, we'll see God's goodness when we get to heaven. No, we're going to go to heaven. We're, we're going to all go together by faith. We're going to heaven. You're going, I'm going. We're going to go to heaven. But Scripture says, I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness right here and right now where I need it. I need it right now. I need God's goodness right now. Someone say right now. Uh-huh. Scripture says Jesus is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. If he's the beginning and the end, he's the middle as well. 
He's right now, the body of the story is Jesus. Your story right now being told and being written, being lived, it's all about Jesus if you really watch it. You can see that if you're in God's word and you pray. Real basics for believers, two big things. Let's narrow it down. Pray and read the word. You say, man, I don't read well or I don't like to read. Pray and listen to the word. Pray and get in the word. I listen to the word every day. I'm either reading it or listening to it. I listen to it a lot in this season for some reason. A lot, a lot. So once you have salvation, you have sight. You guys remember the story in Acts about the Apostle Paul when they were on a ship and there was all this trouble? Do you remember that in the book of Acts? Scripture says that they, I believe they dropped anchor and they prayed for daylight. Why? Because you say, man, even, even if it's an awful night, morning has to be better. All right? Even if it's a rough night, morning's got, man, there's been times we have a dog, and she's, she's, we have two aging dogs, and one of our dogs, she's had seizures, and it's tough when that happens in the middle of the night, man. You just want it to be morning. It's tough. Something about night, but I'm going to tell you right now, even sailors back in the day, they would look when storms, they would look to the horizon and see if they could see that lighthouse, right? Seen some of those movies, and they're, they're, they're coming in a ship, man, they're, they're trying to make it through the storm, and they're just looking for the hope of daylight or the hope of a what? a light because it gives you sight. No matter how small the light, in piercing darkness, you can see that light. Somebody with me this morning. Amen, somebody. So you got salvation in Jesus, and salvation brings sight to blind eyes spiritually. Look at this. And sight, once you can see, you can have what? Number three, direction. Salvation, sight, and direction. Look at Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version. Where there is, no, let's do King James Version, if you don't mind. This says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. To me, that's not as clear as the King James Version. Where there is no vision, you can tie vision into revelation because a revelation means you can, it's been made real to you by God's Holy Spirit. You can see it. That, wow, I'm not going to do that, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to obey God in this area. Where there is no vision, though, there's no hope for the future. The people perish. Perish is die. Or people, people languish, right? People are like, oh, man, I have no hope. You ever talk to someone? We, talk, we, we talked about this the past few months, past couple months. Said, no, I have no purpose. So if I don't know my purpose in God, I'm going to live however. I'm going to go to bed late, get up early, go to bed late, wake up late, use the restroom, eat work, do it all again, repeat, get on my phone, social media, Netflix. That sounds boring, doesn't it? Same thing every day. You're called for more than that. Did you know Tom Brady? You ever heard of him? Tom Brady? How many Super Bowls does he have now? Does he have seven? Man, I pray against him in Jesus' name. I don't like that dude, but man, what a quarterback. You know what he said in an interview? Look it up. He said, I got all this. He's married to a model. He's talking about his life. Well, I'm married to a model too, so what, what up, Tom Brady? He's got all these championship rings. He has passing records. He's proven. He didn't, it wasn't just the coach and the Patriots. He's proven he could go to another team and they could win the Super Bowl. That's crazy. The dude is gifted. And he said in an interview, I, like, is that all? He said that. Look it up. Tom Brady, he's like, is this it? No, Tom, there's so much more. 
There's so much more in life. There's so much more. There's peace and satisfaction serving God now and sharing your faith, getting to know your creator, and then there's heaven and hope and a future for you. I was listening to Jeremiah 29 this morning. He says, I've, I love you and I have plans for you. I want to give you hope and an expected end. You have a future in me, God said. A future. So God gives direction. After salvation, you say, wow, I can see the truth of God's word. When you have sight, you can see where you're going. Scripture says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you ever broken your toe? <laughs> the Brown family says broken their toe. When you kick something in the dark, you ever done that? And your toe bends like that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why? Because you couldn't see it. Some of you have done it in daylight. I have, too. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> is it dark down there? Oh, my gosh. God's word, Jesus, the word made flesh. Because he is, we have direction. Someone say direction. So we have salvation. Sight, direction, you can see where you're going now. If you get into God's word, understand his will. Understand what he's trying to say to you. People will blow you off and say, yeah, well, that's the Bible. But, you know, we're in modern times. They have it all figured out. Do you guys really think the government has it all figured out? How many times have they said, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask? Do you know? I'm not going to get into all of that because it's going to drive some of you crazy, right? But do you think they know? They said, man, let's try something else now. Well, that didn't work. No, if people would get into the word, Scripture says if you really get into the word, therein lies the answer. The word. There's always an answer in the word. Always. God will speak to you through his word. Always. Someone say always. 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 The words of Jesus are life and truth. Life, someone say life. Uh-huh, life and truth. And they provide direction. And when you have direction, you can see where you're going. Say, man, okay, I have a goal. I have a vision. We're going to go to the next place. We're going to go to the next level. You know, a lot of you folks, especially the younger ones, say, man, I'm leveling up. Is that something people say now? I'm going to the next level. I'm leveling up. That's great. You can only do that in Jesus, though, really, because you have direction. And when you have direction, look at number four here today. You can have real productivity. Psalms 127 says, it is vain, it's futile, it's empty for you to work hard and go to bed and, and what rise up real early in your own strength. It said in Psalms 127, that little chapter, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that Try and build the house without the Lord's help. They labor in vain. They labor for a useless, worthless cause on their own. That's doing it in your own strength. If you do it in the strength of Jesus, because he is, you can have real productivity. You ever been in the darkness and you cannot see what you're doing? I think I heard my dad say that several times. Hey, turn on the light so I can see what I'm doing in here. You may see some cockroaches sometimes, but at least you know what's going on now. The light's on. Without light, you can't really see what you're doing. You can have real productivity if you have the light of Jesus. Look at this. Let's go to John 14, 12. Look at this one. John 14, 12. This is powerful. Jesus says it's such a humble statement from God himself. He says, I tell you the truth. One translation says, verily, verily, I say unto you, anyone who believes in me, 
I know y'all believe today, will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Greater works than Jesus? Man, did you know there have been healing evangelists, men and women, that thousands of people got healed all at once at one of their crusades? Are they greater than Jesus? No, Jesus said the, the, the student or the disciple is not greater than the master. But Jesus said, if you believe, let's go back again. Jesus said, if you believe, you believe in me, you will do greater works. The same works and even greater works because I've got to go. And Jesus, because he left, he sent us his spirit. So now he's everywhere at once. Y'all get that? Real productivity. Let's go to John chapter 9. Look at this. John chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. And this is going to tie into next week's message. Rabbi, his disciples asked him. Look, this is a question that many people still ask. Rabbi means teacher. Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins? I mean, how can your sins make you be born blind? Is that kind of a dumb question? Did you sin in the womb? You don't even know what you're doing yet. You don't even remember. Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Okay, that becomes a legitimate question. His parents' sins? Okay, maybe. You know what Jesus said? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be, what's the word there? Seen. Seen. When you see God's light, there's real productivity. You have direction, there's real productivity. Look at this. We must quickly, look at what Jesus said. This is God in the flesh. He said, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. Today is the day. Someone say, today is the day of salvation. Yeah, not tomorrow. Don't wait. I don't know who's listening to this message on SoundCloud today or the live stream or the podcast or whatever, YouTube, Facebook. Listen, don't wait till tomorrow to get close to God based upon what Jesus is about to say here. Look at this. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. There'll come a time where it's so dark on the earth, you're just going to have to trust God and believe because he's given you all the time in the world to get right and to tell others. There come seasons of darkness where you've got to be a light. But even Jesus is saying, look, there comes a time it's dark and no one can work. But he says, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Another verse says in Scripture, he tells us, you are the light of the world. Why are we the light? Because you've confessed Jesus, and he now lives within you by his spirit. All right? So real productivity, fruit that remains, says it in the same book of John. Fruit that remains. Jesus says, abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and I'll give it to you. He also says, if you stay connected to me, the true vine, I will give you fruit, productivity that remains. Lasting results. Someone say lasting results. You know what fruit that remains is? You got saved and you stayed saved. You got saved and it wasn't just, you say, I'm going to serve God for two months. No, you're going to serve him forever. It's full life. Somebody say amen. Let's go over these points real quick and we'll pray. Because he is, we have salvation in his name. There's salvation in no other name. That's the name we've been given. There's salvation in no other name on the planet or the universe, just the name of Jesus. Number two, when you have salvation, you start to, your eyes start to be open to the truth of God's word, the truth of life, the truth of who God is. When you have sight, you have direction. 
say direction. Yeah, you can see where you're going. Once your, your eyes are open, you can see where you're going in the physical or the spiritual. You can see where you're going by faith. And then once you have direction, you can have real productivity. You can really get something done in life for God. Say, man, am I called to preach to 10,000 people at once? I don't know. Maybe you are. But God has called you to be a light where you are. God has called you to be who he created you to be. Who is that? Find out in God. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to talk more about this. Go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes. Because he is. Because he is. The, the old song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Well, because he is, I can face tomorrow as well. Did you check the spelling on that real quick? I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. Because he is. There is nothing you can do in your own power to save yourself. There is nothing you can do in your own power to give yourself light. There is nothing you can do in your own goodness to reach God. Scripture says in the Old Testament, he says all of your righteousness, all of your right standing with God, apart from me, is filthy, dirty rags to me. It means nothing to me. But he says... Even though your sins are blood red, I can make them white as snow. If there's anyone in the house, you have never raised your hand. You have never publicly confessed Jesus as your Savior. You have never called upon the name of the Lord ever. I want you to raise your hand today. First time you say, man, I've never called upon the name of the Lord. Raise your hand today, and I'm going to pray with you. Is there anyone in the house? We're going to pray anyway for those on the live stream and those listening to this after the fact. But is there anyone in the house who says, Pastor Matt, I just don't know if I'm right with God. I've accepted Jesus even. Man, I'm struggling with my faith. It's time to believe that he's strong enough to save you. It's time to believe that God is greater than your sin. It's time to believe that he is who he said he is. And because he is, you can have salvation now. I want everybody all over this house, everybody in the house, no exceptions, I want you to pray this prayer with me today. Say, Heavenly Father, my Lord, my God, I cry out to you. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me for my sin. I need you, God. I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. He died to save me from my sin and from hell itself. I want to spend eternity with you. And I declare and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe, I believe, say this, because it's pleasing to you, I believe in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to stand to your feet today. That same attitude of reverence, please, nobody hanging out talking, nobody messing around on their phones. You can check social media later. In the same attitude of reverence, we're almost out of here. I want you to Bow your heads once again. Raise a hand to the Lord, and let's just pray. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to pray that God speaks to you because he is. Scripture said, blessed are those that believe. Blessed. Over and over again, it talks about the rewards of believing. When you believe that God is, 
and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, man, that is the beginning of something great. Father, today I declare a new level of faith, a new level of hope, a new level of joy, a new level of purpose. Lord God, a new level, a new dimension of walking with you, God, a new level of prayer in the word. I declare prayer in the word over this church, God. You're speaking, your Holy Spirit, you're blowing. You're blowing just like the wind. You're blowing a new era of prayer, a new season of prayer over this church. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., daily at 11 a.m. Or, or noon. Lord God, Sunday nights, early mornings here. I challenge your people in Jesus' name, Lord God, to come and pray here at the house of the Lord because it's not quite the same at home. We can pray anywhere because God is everywhere but it's not the same with all the distractions at home. I challenge you, I challenge you, I challenge you. Show up here early on a Sunday morning to pray. Not too early. Just come at 9 a.m., 9.15. We'll pray to about 9.25, 9.30 on a Sunday morning. Say, is that it? Yeah, well, it's, it's a nice starting point. The Lord says in his word, don't despise or talk ill of or don't dislike or hate the day of small beginnings. Here's what he said. It's got to start somewhere. Here's what he says in his word. The Lord rejoices that the work has begun. He's talking about the temple in that context, but it's the same with everything. All truth is parallel. See, I, I'm just, I just started reading a few verses, man. Now I'm up to a chapter. Praise God. Let's get into the word and let's pray. Let's do the basics. Things that believers do, they pray and read the word. So I believe Sunday nights we have prayer, 5 p.m., Mornings during the week, you want to join me here in the mornings, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, 7 a.m., I'll be here praying. You want to come at noon and pray? Pastor, he's usually here 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on weekdays. Say, man, the church is never open. No, that's not true. You come on, come on in and pray. Come on in and pray. God is calling you to prayer. I don't know who he's speaking to specifically today, but I know there's several of you on the live stream and in this house that God's been talking to you about prayer for months and years and you have not listened to his voice. It's time. It's time, scripture says. Scripture itself says it's time to hear his voice. You already have salvation, now you can see and hear. He speaks to you through his word. Father, we thank you that a new wave of prayer is falling over us. I thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground today. Because you are who you said you are, God, we can live. We can live righteously. We can live holy. We can live in your peace and your presence, your provision, your protection, your promises, your purpose, God, your power, your provision. We thank you, God, because you're good. We thank you for your perfection, your promises, your goodness. Scripture says all of God's promises in Jesus' name are yes and amen. And we believe today, Lord God. We believe. Let a wave of prayer come over your people. We honor you and thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen.